At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Pet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. I bet you're smart. Yeah, and you like to hold your own in the group chat. We can help you drop even more knowledge. My name is Martine Powers. And I'm Elahe Azadi. We host a daily news podcast called Post Reports. Every weekday afternoon, Post Reports takes you inside an important and interesting story with the kind of reporting that you can only get from The Washington Post. You can listen to Post Reports wherever you get your podcasts. Go find it now and hit follow. Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel battery tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, right now you can save $50 on select battery tool sets. Real steel. Offer valid on select AK system sets through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details. When you buy Kroger brand products, you feel like you're winning. That's because they offer proven quality at lower than low prices. In fact, we guarantee that you and your family will love how Kroger brand products taste, or you get your money back. So next time you're shopping for the family, look for delicious Kroger brand products, because they'll make you all feel like you're winning. Shop now, in-store, or online. Kroger, fresh for everyone. v the sports betting network. It is our number three of the Greg Peterson experience. I am Greg Peterson, and we've got a lot of college football on tap for you for this Saturday. As now in the continental 48 states, it is Saturday all across the board as it's turned midnight Pacific time. So first three segments, we're going to be going all college football. i going to give you guys a little bit of baseball in the final segment as well. I always do a pick for the New York Post every single day when it comes to baseball betting cards. So I'll give you guys a little bit of that, but... We've got to be going to a little bit of college football. In the second segment, going to be taking a little bit of a look at the Big Ten. Here in the first segment, we're going to go SEC. And then in the third segment, I think the proper word for it is potpourri. We're just going to be going a little bit of all over the place. But when you take a look at college football this year, what we have noticed with a lot of these games, whether it be in the SEC, whether it be out there in the Big Ten, underdogs have had a lot of value. Going into this Saturday, if you're taking a look at it, the underdogs have went right around 161, 145, and 9 against the spread, depending on your closing numbers. So hitting at a rate of about 52.6%. So if you've been taking all underdogs, at minimum, you've pretty much been able to go even up. Obviously, that's assuming a juice of minus 110 in all of those games. But we've also seen the under be hitting right around 53% in college football as well, which makes it all the more intriguing for this game as it's a big one that we want to talking about with Matt Humans of the Vegas Hats and Information Network does a great job with the edge. He also wrote up quite a bit on this game for Point Spread Weekly as well. You've got Alabama, you've got Ole Miss. The two front runners for the Heisman Trophy are going to be going at it with the two quarterbacks in this game and as of right now, you're finding Alabama anywhere between about a 14 and a half to a 15 point favorite and the total highest we've ever seen for an SEC conference game. It is at some spots 80, 
other spots, 79 and a half. Regardless, I'm going to be taking a look at the under in this spot. I do recognize that you do have two very high-flying offenses. I do recognize that this is an Ole Miss defense that, shall we say, leaves a little bit of something to be desired, but I do think that Alabama is going to do a good job of being able to slow things down a little bit. I do recognize the fact also that Bryce Young, in terms of a yards per attempt metric, he's been averaging right around like nine-ish. It has been absolutely insane. 15 touchdowns to a pick per game. He has been able to do an absolutely magnificent job here for Alabama, but I do think that both of these defenses are going to be able to step up to the task a little bit more, and it's just tough when you wind up getting these totals this high because when you wind up getting totals that I would say are north of 70 when it comes to college football, you can debate that number a little bit more. You really need things to be going right on nearly every offensive possession. Now, do I think that this is going to be something like a good old school 10-7 to slobber knocker out there in the SEC? Certainly not, but... When you wind up getting up to 79 and a half, when you're getting up there to 80, it just becomes a little bit tough to be able to take an under in this spot, especially with the fact that Ole Miss hasn't necessarily been terrible on defense. Now, when you wind up playing against the Austin P Governors, or as I like to call them, the Governators, Tulane, along with Louisville, it is not necessarily a murderer's row when it comes to defense, but 24 points or fewer, give it up in all three of them. And we wind up seeing Alabama in week one really just be able to pick apart Miami now. We have seen Alabama wind up playing against some lesser competition, but their game against Florida was a little bit tougher. They were able to do a little bit of a better job towards the second half on defense than that one. So I do think that you've got an Alabama bunch that they are going to be up to task in this one. But I know that Matt shared with me in the previous hour that he wanted taking the points with Ole Miss. I'm looking the exact same way. Pretty much as long as you're able to get the hook on 14 or if you're able to get 15, anything north of that, I do think that this is a good play. What I think is so important to recognize is that even though Lane Kiff or even though Nick Saban has had so many good moments against his former assistants, he has absolutely dominated every one of them. Lane Kiffin seems to be cut from a diff- little bit of a different cloth with Lane Kiffin. He really helped out Nick Saban, in my opinion, as much as Nick Saban helped him out. Because as we know, Lane Kiffin, he winds up getting fired on the tarmac at USC, everything like that. And I know that Lane Kiffin obviously had a lot of offensive coordinator positions that were open to him, but going to Alabama, he wound up being able to rehabilitate his career, obviously spending a couple years at Florida Atlantic before coming here to Ole Miss. But at the same time, Nick Saban was running a style, which was getting a little bit stale in college football. It was very much Alabama winning those classic 10 to 7 style games, 17 to 14. And you really never saw an Alabama quarterback really be explosive. I mean, you had guys like an A.J. McCarron, a Greg McElroy wind up making it to the NFL. But at the same time, it's not like these guys were necessarily explosive. It's not like these guys were necessarily needle movers in the NFL, anything like that. You would always have a couple skilled players, but a lot of those guys were running backs like Trent Richardson, like even a Mark Ingram if you want to go in the way back time machine. But now with Alabama, you've got all these explosive receivers. You've got these quarterbacks are able to do a wide variety of things. They're able to get out of the pocket. They're able to create. And that has really been the coming of age that we've seen with Alabama. I think that Lane Kiffin has a lot to do with it. I think that Lane Kiffin is very different from a lot of these former assistants that has gone up against Alabama and not had success. So I'm going to be taking a look at the points here with Ole Miss. I do think that this is a game which I would not have set the total at 80 personally. I feel like this total would have been more fair in like the low to mid 70s personally. So 
I think that there is some value here on the under as well, though I do recognize that you've obviously got a pair of offenses that are very explosive. This is very explosive as well. Taking a look at this line between Arkansas and Georgia, the other big one that's going to be going down in the SEC. You're finding the Georgia Bulldogs as a very sizable favorite. You're going to be finding them at some places, actually most places, right around about a 16 and a half. You are going to be seeing a little bit of toggling. I know that there's a couple 17s out there. I'm seeing one very stray 16 out there, but you've mostly got a 16 and a half in this Georgia versus Arkansas game. And when I take a look at it, I do think that there's a lot of value here with the points with Arkansas. I think that Arkansas is going to be able to come out and they're going to be able to have themselves a very good game as well. Because when you take a look at the Razorbacks, this is a team that they have been very balanced all season long. I think that they're going to be able to hold up at the point of attack on offense, uh, on defense. And when it comes to Georgia, this is no doubt a team that is able to do a wide variety of things. You've got a Georgia team in which the run game is very stout. Whenever you've had your full complement of players, when it comes to the passing game, they've been able to just be absolutely magnificent there. They're coming off that big 30. They're coming off that big 62 to zero thrashing over Vanderbilt. But at the same time with Arkansas, I do think that they're going to make them a little bit more one dimensional. And when you take a look at just correlating the side and the total right now, in a lot of places, you're finding Georgia between 16 and a half and 17, and you're finding the total in that realm of about 48 to 49, depending on where you're looking. What they're saying is that Arkansas is pretty much going to wind up losing this game by a count of, if you wind up doing the math, 31 to more like 34 to 17, 34 to 14, things like this. And it's just one of those cases in which I think that Arkansas is going to be able to scratch across a little bit more on his Georgia defense that if you do take a look at it, Georgia, number one in the FBS in just pretty much all of these categories. But at the same time, I do think that there is a little bit of something to be had with this Arkansas offense as well. And I do think that it might be a little bit more scoring than a lot of people think. JT Daniels, whenever he's been out there, he's been averaging right around eight yards per attempt. You've got a guy in Zamir White who's been able to do an absolutely tremendous job on the ground. He and James Cook's have been able to give you a pair of touchdowns when it comes to Georgia. Brock Bowers has really been able to formulate himself as to a great option for Georgia as well. But I do take a look at who Georgia has played. South Carolina, UAB, Clemson, who all of a sudden we've realized that Clemson, not necessarily a great offense. And then Vanderbilt, which Vanderbilt, they are the smart kids of the SEC. They are very good when it comes to academics, when it comes to football. And I'm speaking as to someone that wanted spending a full year winding up doing weekends over there with the official flagship station of Vanderbilt Athletics. Not necessarily the world's greatest football team, to say the least. This is another game that's, by the way, at 9 a.m. Pacific, so this is going to be a little bit of an early one, but I do take a look at what we've seen out of Arkansas recently, and they've been able to do a very solid job winning all those games they were able to win in front of their man, Jerry Jones, last week, so you've got to feel like they're a little bit fired up, and K.J. Jefferson has been able to do a nice job for this bunch as well. He has been doing a nice job not taking sacks, and with Jefferson as well, he offers a little bit of a dual threat that I just feel like Georgia hasn't necessarily had to prepare for so much. I know that DJU is able to give you a little bit of something with his feet with Clemson, but I think that a little bit of a misnomer is that he is this super mobile guy, and that certainly is not the case with him. Meanwhile, you take a look at what Arkansas is able to do on the ground game as well. You've got Raheem Saunders, who I think is going to be playing a little bit of a part with this team, and then you've obviously got Tyson Morris, who is someone that's a little bit more of an ancillary piece, but at the same time, he's a home run hitter for this team. He's able to go deep, and if he's able to get 
a little bit free in a Georgia secondary that I do feel like has a couple more warts than a lot of people are leading on that you are going to be able to see Arkansas be able to get some points up on the board. I do think that this is a good spot for the over, and especially if you're getting the full 17 on this game between Arkansas and Georgia, there is a little bit of value on a Razorback team that they pass every test to this point. They wind up looking very solid against Texas a few weeks ago. They were able to take down Texas A&M last week in a big must-have game, and with this Arkansas defense, they certainly have been relatively solid, but I do think that when you've got a pair of defenses like this versus a pair of offenses, you wind up getting something in the middle. I would have personally made this total a little bit closer to the very low 50. So I do think that you've got a little bit of value out there in the SEC with this over along with the points. Once again, I do think that we're going to have a little bit more of a dog weekend when it comes to college football, much like we've been seeing towards the front end of the season. And when you take a look at the SEC as well, those are the two main big ones. But at the same time, I do think that this Florida versus Kentucky game offers a little bit of intrigue as well. We wind up seeing Florida come down to the wire against Alabama a few weeks ago. I think that this is a Florida team that under the current regime has actually been able to do a very good job of being able to just recalibrate themselves and remain towards the top of the SEC. I think that Emory Jones is going to be a very fascinating case study, though, as he has turned the ball over quite a bit. So coming up on the other side, going to be diving into a little bit more of Florida versus Arkansas. Also going to be taking a look at those Big Ten games as at 9 a.m. Pacific, noon Eastern, you've got a big one versus Wisconsin and Michigan that we're going to be previewing on the other side right here on the Greg Peterson Experience on the Vegas Ads and Information Network, the Sports Betting Network. At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. There's a lot happening these days, but I have just the thing to get you up to speed on what matters without taking too much of your time. The 7 from the Washington Post is a podcast that gives you the seven most important and interesting stories, and we always try to save room for something fun. You get it all in about seven minutes or less. I'm Hannah Jewell. I'll get you caught up with The 7 every weekday. So follow The 7 right now. Spectrum One is a big deal. You get Spectrum Internet with the most reliable internet speeds, free advanced Wi-Fi for enhanced security and privacy, and a free Spectrum Mobile Unlimited line with nationwide 5G included, all while saving big. For the big speed, big reliability, and big savings you want, get Spectrum One. Just $49.99 a month for 12 months. Visit spectrum.com slash big deal for full details. Offer subject to change. Valid for qualified residential customers only. Service not available in all areas. Restrictions apply. What's up? I'm John Wall. And I'm CJ Toledano, and we're starting a new podcast presented by DraftKings called Point Game. We're now joined by three-time NBA Sixth Man of the Year, elite bucket getter. Let's please welcome Jamal Crawford to Point Game. King of the Court one-on-one tournament. If they had it back in your prime, do you think he could have took it all? I'm going to be honest with you. I don't think I could have took it all. 
But I think I would have shocked a lot of people. I think Kobe and everybody in their prime, Kobe would win a one-on-one contest. Yeah, I, yeah, because you got to think, Love he's going to guard. He don't care about guarding. He's going to guard. He's going to exactly. guard. Like, you see him in the Olympics, exactly. he's going to guard. And then on I'm top of that. like that, see that? Ladies and gentlemen, please welcome Sam Cassell to Point Game. I remember you came out from crying tears. <laughs> crying tears. I mean, he was in a culture shock. And then I, his, he's going to withdraw us about winning. Remember what I told you? I said, I said, OG, you think I can get paid and go back and play in college because he ain't need it. <laughs> Check out Point Game with John Wall and CJ Toledano on the iHeartRadio app, DraftKings YouTube, or wherever you get your podcasts. You're experiencing Hoops Peterson himself on VSIN, the sports betting network. And we're back here on the Greg Peterson experience right here on VSIN, the sports betting network. Got you for about 45 more minutes. And then coming up this Saturday, we're going to be having point spread Saturday. We're going to be having just you covered on a little bit of everything college football. And we're going to be taking a look at college football the next two segments here. We left off talking a little bit about the SEC. And I do think that this Kentucky versus Florida matchup is very intriguing right now. You're finding Kentucky, depending on where you shop, anywhere between a seven and seven and a half point underdog. Now, I do think that the hook is very important. You always want to be grabbing the best line, have as many outs as humanly possible. I recognize some of you guys in some jurisdictions are going to have a lot of options. Some of you guys, a couple fewer of them. That's just the way that the cookie crumbles, unfortunately. But I do take a look at it. And if you're able to get a seven and a half here with Kentucky, I really do like it because I do think that you do have a Kentucky bunch that is going to be able to do a solid job of being able to cause a little bit of turnovers with Florida with as good as guys like Emory Jones and company have been with Florida. This has been a little bit of a turnover-prone team. Now, a lot of that comes from the fact that they wound up having to play against Alabama, but even take a look at some of the other games that Florida has played. Turnovers have been a little bit of an issue for them. It has been an issue for Kentucky as well, as Will Levis has already thrown five interceptions so far this year, but what I think is a good elixir to that, the fact that Kentucky has one of the more dominant running backs that you've never heard of in Chris Rodriguez Jr. With Rodriguez Jr. averaging six yards per carry, three touchdowns already for him, he's been able to do a solid job. And then you've got Wandale Robinson, who's been able to do an absolutely tremendous job in the passing game. He has been the main target of Kentucky with over 400 receiving yards. He's really been able to burst on the scene with Kentucky. It wasn't necessarily a flashy win that they wound up having against South Carolina. They got the job done there. They wind up playing very close with Chattanooga, who Chattanooga, certainly not necessarily, I'm going to call them the world's greatest team in the world. But at the same time, at the lower level, this is actually one of the better teams that you are going to find, in my opinion. So I do think that the Chattanooga, very slight escape, I don't think is necessarily as bad as it might appear on paper. And with this Kentucky team as well, what they always do a very solid job of is being able to sort of manage the game. They are a team that they're not necessarily going to be going very up-tempo with their offense. They're going to be trying to get into third and manageable, try to convert for first downs on the ground. And I think that that lends a lot of value when it comes to the under and when it comes to Florida as well. Really, other than that game against Alabama, this has been a very solid defense. If you're taking a look at this total, you're able to get it a little bit higher than I would have expected, right around a 55.5 to a 56.5. This is toggling a lot of different ways. It wound up opening up right around 55. We have seen the total go up in quite a few places, but I do think especially if you're able to get a 56.5, I do like it under, even if you're getting the low point right around a 55 to a 55.5. I do think that there is some value here on the under. I do think that both of these teams are going to be looking to run it a little bit more and 
and that's because both of these teams have been a little bit prone to the interception with their respective quarterbacks. So I do think that there's value on the under. And keep in mind, despite the fact that we wound up seeing a couple of home underdogs get barbecued on Friday, home underdogs overall for the year hitting at right around 59 to 59.5% against the spread. So they've been a good bet so far this year, and I think that Kentucky is as well. What else I think is very solid is to look for a little bit of a bounce back with the Wisconsin Badgers. I don't just say this because I am a native of the state of Wisconsin, because I can tell you right now, the money line with Notre Dame last week was one of my favorite college football bets of the entire season to this point. They should have never been six and a half point favorites. And we've noticed that there have been quite a few people that they have looked at Michigan and Michigan winds up opening up a one point favorite on a lot of spots. I know that at circuit, this actually got down to a pick. Now you're seeing Wisconsin in most books between a two and two and a half point favorite. It's a pretty even blend of two and two and a half, depending on where you are. East coast has a lot of two and a half out here in lovely Las Vegas. You've got a lot of twos, but regardless, I think that Wisconsin should be able to get win this game by a field goal. Plus I do think that this is a good bounce back spot for the Badgers. Now, Graham Mertz has been, shall we say, a hot mess at quarterback. I think that that's a very appropriate term to use. But at the same time, what does Michigan have going through the air either? I just question the fact that you are going to be trying to rely upon just a lot of running when it comes to Michigan. This is a Wisconsin team that their bread and butter is being able to play very solid defense and being able to run the ball. Now, I do think that Michigan is going to be able to do a solid job with their ground defense. I think that there's no question about this. And at 43 and a half, I recognize that it is a very low total, especially when you've got everything that we've seen this year in college football. But I would probably be taking a little bit more of a look at the under than anything else. I think that this total is a little bit more of a roll of the dice, but I do think that Wisconsin should be able to win this game by a field goal just because I take a look at both of these quarterbacks. I think that it's a relative wash because with Kate McNamara, he's a guy that he's been a solid game manager. He hasn't been asked to do anything whatsoever, though. And then you take a look at Graham Mertz. He wound up having his moments in 2020. I do think that that was a little bit more of a flash in the pan. And I do think that Blake Corum is going to be able to do a solid job with Corum. He has been able to give you right around seven yards per carry. But as we know, Wisconsin is going to be able to do a good job of holding up there. Hassan Haskins has been able to do a good job whenever called upon for Michigan as well. That has been a good one-two punch for the team. But at the same time, I do take a look at Wisconsin. I do think that they're going to be able to do a good job with their run defense. They are managed by Jim Leonard, who you may remember him. He was a former Wisconsin walk-on, did some very good things in the NFL. He's won the rising stars when it comes to college football coaching, in my opinion, especially on the defensive side. I think that Wisconsin going to be able to do a good job of holding up in this game. I think that they're going to be able to redeem themselves after but it's been a really shaky last couple of weeks. So I've got Wisconsin to be able to cover this two and a half point spread too in other places. But I think that regardless, Wisconsin is going to be able to get it done. And then you've got a team in Rutgers that I feel like the Big Ten hasn't necessarily welcomed them with open arms because it's still very awkward if you're traveling from like Newark to Madison, Wisconsin. That's a 900 mile drive. But at the same time, Rutgers going to be playing us at the Ohio State University. Ohio State, a little bit north of a two-touchdown favorite. You're finding them in a lot of places, hovering right around about a 15-point favorite. You might find a 14-and-a-half somewhere out there. You might be finding more like a little bit of a 15-and-a-half, but this has settled in with a lot of 15s. And when I take a look at Rutgers, I actually do evaluate them a little bit differently with Greg Schiano. At the same time, I just think that this is going to be another spot at which the bottom lines are falling out. For Rutgers, it's really hard to have a lot of faith in them. This is an Ohio State team that 
I'm just going to call it what it is. They're bigger, faster, stronger. They've just got more athletes on so many different variables, so many different positions. And we've seen home dogs be very successful here in the early part of the season. I just want to mention it. They're hitting at right around a 59.5% clip, but this is not the spot in which I would want to be taking any part of a home underdog. Now, we know this with Ohio State. There has been a little bit of injury concern, what have you, with C.J. Stroud. And we know that there was a little bit of a big giant do last week with Kavion Pope. He has now entered into the transfer portal after he did not like the way that things wound up going down against Akron. Well, good riddance because they were able to take down Akron by kind of 59-7. to 7. Now, this is certainly a little bit of a more formidable foe than the Akron Zips where Akron is a bottom-feeding team out there in the MAC. So you've got a little bit of a difference there, but you just take a look at what Ohio State is able to do on the ground. And Travion Harrison, he's someone that I think is going to absolutely carve up this Rutgers defense. He's averaging 9.5 yards per carry. He has been absolutely magnificent. And when it comes to the skill guys for the team, Chris Olave has not necessarily had the world's biggest year so far. He has been able to give Ohio State three touchdowns, but I do think that he's going to really bust out. He's going to be able to have a big emergence in this game. You just take a look at this Rutgers team in general, and I just think that the defense is not equipped to be able to shut down this Ohio State offense. And then even without Pope, with him transferring, you still got an Ohio State defense. Day. You've got like 100 million billion stars. You've got a great secondary. You've got a good front seven. I think that it's going to be Rutgers under a lot of duress all day long. And when it comes to this Rutgers team as well, I do feel like the loss against Michigan did expose a lot of the, I guess you could call them trouble spots that this offense does have. You've got a guy in Noah Verdell who just wasn't able to get anything generated through the air. Now, I will say Isaiah Pacheco, he's someone that's able to give you a little bit of something on the ground and Verdell is able to give you a little bit of that dual threat, but I think that Ohio State is a defense that is equipped to being able to sift that out. So if there is a home underdog that I really do not like on this card, it certainly is Rutgers. I think that Ohio State certainly going to be able to get the job done. Now, I do think that Rutgers, if anything, they're going to be able to keep this total under because I don't think that they're going to be scoring a lot of points. I certainly don't think that Ohio State is going to have quite the same performance that they wound up having against Akron last week, but I do think that this is going to be a good spot for Ohio State to be able to win this game by three touchdowns. But if you're looking for a little bit more of an ugly home, uh, more of an ugly road dog, I do think that Indiana has a chance to be able to cover against Penn State. I still cannot bring myself to the fact that what we wound up seeing out of Michael Penix Jr. was just a little bit of a one-year wonder. Now with Penix, he was dealing with injuries throughout the offseason. He wound up having last season cut a little bit short, but I think that this is going to be a good spot for Indiana. We've seen a lot of the money coming on Penn State, and I do think that Penn State is going to be able to win this game outright, but being able to grab right right around 12 and a half points, which is what I'm seeing right now with Indiana, is a good spot for them, and we're going to hit on this game a little bit more, and then we're going to go into a little bit more college football potpourri. We've got a lot of different options to be able to place our money on this college football betting Saturday, so we're going to be highlighting quite a few of those. Everyone is in action, and it's going to be glorious, so we're going to be talking about that on the other side right here on the Greg Peterson Experience on VEASAN, the Sports Betting Network. Hoops Peterson himself on VSIN, the Sports Betting Network. Make this football season your best sports betting season ever. 
Start your VSIN free trial today to get full access to our sports betting experts, including 24-7 video streaming, daily best bets emails, betting splits with the money and ticket percentages on every single game, plus full access to VSIN.com data and analysis. You get everything VSIN has to offer for just $22 a month. Sign up now at VSIN.com slash subscribe as you're back here on the Greg Peterson Experience with myself, Greg Peterson, and Though you see me in front of the camera talking into the microphone and everything like that, got to give a plug to Nick doing a great job all over. New guy over here at the Vegas Sats and Information Network, absolutely tearing it up. And our wonderful producer, Wyatt, as well. So all three of you guys doing an absolutely excellent job. Really do appreciate it. And I do appreciate the fact that we've got so much action that we're able to take a look at for this college football Saturday. Left off talking about the fact that you've got Indiana catching 12 and a half points against Penn State. And... I think that this is a good spot for the underdog. I do think that this is going to be the week in which Indiana is going to be able to bust out a little bit more. As we know, in week one against Iowa, they wound up getting just absolutely torched. But I think we're now seeing that Iowa is a very, very good team. Not just a pretty solid one with this Indiana team. They have been able to do a little bit of a better job in recent weeks of being able to move the ball ever since then. Now, with the game against Cincinnati, they were there throughout much of it. They wind up having a little bit of a letdown in the fourth quarter. So we have seen this Indiana team be able to perform relatively well against better competition. You've got DJ Matthews Jr. on the outside, who I think is going to be able to get a lot of bit, a lot of run. I think the, the key is being able to get Stephen Carr going a little bit more because in that game against Cincinnati, he was relatively held down. This is someone that when they wound up going up against Western Kentucky last week, he wound up being able to have himself a 100-yard game. He was able to give the team a pair of touchdowns. I think that he gives this Indiana offense a little bit of a different element. Now, no doubt with Penix Jr. being a little bit less mobile than he was last year because he did wind up suffering a pretty significant injury. That does play into this a little bit with Indiana, but I do think that they're going to be able to do a solid job against a Penn State offense that I'm still not necessarily fully buying into. Now, Clifford does a very good job of not turning the ball over, but he's certainly not a guy that you want trying to win the game all by himself. Penn State, year in and year out, they're always going to have a good running game, but I take a look at Penn State. I think that they're going to be able to win this game outright. I feel like, especially with the number now climbing to right around 12, 12 and a half, depending on where you're shopping, that there is some value on the Nittany Lions. So, going to be taking a look at that. I've been mentioning it so much the last few weeks on the show, the fact that You've got home underdogs who have been able to do an absolutely amazing job. Home underdogs overall in college football, hitting right around 59.5% overall, and I like this home underdog. You've got the Bulls of Buffalo. They're going to be playing at 9 a.m. Pacific, noon Eastern Sharp against Western Michigan. Now with Buffalo, you do want to note that they wound up having their coach Lance Lightbold wind up going to Kansas during the offseason. That was a little bit of a late one, so that no doubt wound up putting... Buffalo behind the eight ball a little bit, but you just take a look at this Mac in general, and I feel like it's a little bit of a mismatch because you've got a Toledo team that wound up playing hard against Notre Dame. They were unable to pull that out. You've got a Western Michigan team that they've been trying to row the boat. Obviously, the regime change wound up happening a couple of years ago, so you no longer have rowed the boat, but you've got a team that wound up going to Pittsburgh, winding up getting a good win there, but at the same time, I don't know if Pittsburgh is really very good in general. They got a nice win over San Jose State, but that was a San Jose State team that had to go west to east. So you had a little bit of an inclement situation there. And with San Jose State, they just aren't what they were last year. With Western Michigan, you've got Caleb Ellaby, who was able to do a solid job in that game. He's not a guy that's necessarily going to go out there. He's going to throw for like 400 plus yards, but 
a very solid guy and not turning the ball over. Has yet to throw an interception this year, but I do think that the Buffalo defense might be able to pick him off a time or two. I like what I've seen out of the Bulls defense thus far this year. And when it comes to Buffalo in general, this is a team that I think is going to be able to do a solid job of being able to control things on the ground. This is a Buffalo bunch that in the last few years, they've been able to do a very solid job on their own field. I do think that the key for Buffalo as well is getting Quan Williams the ball as well. He has been absolutely tremendous for this team, averaging a little bit under 100 yards per game through just receiving. And this is a Buffalo team that you may recall, they wound up playing against Coastal Carolina a few weeks ago. They wound up looking very strong in that one. They went on the road, were able to pull out a squeaker against Old Dominion. I do recognize that Old Dominion, not necessarily the world's greatest team this year, but Kyle Van Trees, I think is going to be able to do a solid job. Not necessarily much of a mobile threat, but he's able to give the ball to a pair of guys in Kevin Marks Jr. along Dill McDuffie. Both of these guys, I think, are two are a very good one and two combo. I think that this is a game that is going to be a little bit more defense-oriented. I think that after they wound up having a little bit of a slip-up against Old Dominion, I think that this Buffalo defense is going to be out there. It's going to be a little bit stronger. I think that this front seven is a little bit underrated, and I think that they're going to be able to get to the quarterback much like they did against Old Dominion last week, being able to accrue five sacks. So I take a look at this home underdog in Buffalo. I wouldn't want them outright, but if you're able to get that full seven points, I think that there's some good value here on the Bulls in perhaps a field goal-style game. And heck, Maybe it winds up coming down to a six-point game, and you're able to get it by the nose. So I do take a look at Buffalo as being a home underdog. I do think that there's going to be a little bit of value there. I also take a look at a team at home that I don't know if they should necessarily be as big of a favorite in this spot. That'd be Boise State versus Nevada. Nevada opened up a six-point underdog. You're now finding them anywhere between five and five and a half. This is a number that has toggled around quite a bit. Heck, here at Circa, I believe that Nevada got to as high as a seven-point underdog throughout the week. They are now sitting there more around the five to five and a half range. And I do like what I've seen out of Nevada so far this year. This whole Mountain West, I feel like, is very intriguing because obviously your big team out there is Fresno State. We saw them very nearly pull off the upset against Oregon. They were able to do so against UCLA. And these teams get lost in the shuffle a little bit, but... The blue turf has just not had the same allure that it has in the past. Boise State, like five five or so years ago, they were absolutely terrific on the Smurf turf. Now you've got a bunch of which I haven't necessarily been covering as much in recent years. Now Nevada, they wound up going to Kansas State last week. They wound up having it get taken to them, and we know that Cal is not necessarily the world's greatest team, but at the same time, being able to knock off a Pac-12 flow in Cal is obviously very strong for a Nevada team, in which they're led by a guy named Strong in Carson Strong, who I feel like is one of the more underrated quarterbacks when he comes to the college football landscape. This is someone that is going to be asked to drop back a lot. He has thrown a pair of picks so far this year, but by and large has been very solid at not turning the ball over a whole heck of a lot. And he's backed up by a team that, in general, I think is going to be able to do a solid job of being able to move the ball on the ground after last week against Kansas State. They just were unable to get anything going. I think that this is going to be a good bounce back for Devontae Lee going up against a Boise State run defense. I just, I have my questions with them, to say the least. And when it comes to Boise State, you wind up going through a little bit of a coaching change with them as well. So you do have a little bit of that going on with Boise State. I think that this is a team in which they do have some vulnerabilities. I think that this is a defense that is not necessarily going to be able to hold up in this one. Now, what I think is going to be interesting is what you wind up getting out of Hank Brockmeyer. Brockmeyer, as we remember, he's someone that wound up beginning his career elsewhere. He's come into Boise State and has been relatively solid, but 
At the same time, he is a little bit turnover prone. He's already thrown three interceptions so far this year. Has been able to do a good job of moving the ball through the air. Is he going to be able to get a little bit of a ground game to help him out against a Nevada secondary that I think is going a tad bit under the radar? I have my questions there. So, going to be taking a look at the points with Nevada as you've got just a big giant slate in which I think it's going to be very intriguing to see another team out there in the Mountain West and how they're going to be able to respond to success. That'd be Fresno State. They're going to be going up against Hawaii. And last we wound up seeing Fresno State, they were able to get a win, but it was much closer than we all thought against UNLV. They were able to squeak that one out by eight points. Heck, for portions of the second half, UNLV actually wound up having the lead in that game. And for Fresno State, I do think that you've got someone that wound up coming in from the University of Washington in Jake Hayner, who is one of the better quarterbacks in all of college football. I mean, the numbers bear that out. 15 touchdowns. He's been able to complete right in the neighborhood of about 73 or so percent of his passes. So I do think that he's going to be able to do a good job of being able to move the ball against a Hawaii defense that, let's face it, it's not great. Now, going to the main line is always a little bit of a difficulty for a lot of teams, but I just take a look at this Hawaii team, and I see a team that is outgunned in every aspect of it. Now, a lot of us saw that with UNLV last week as well, but unlike the UNLV game, it's not like you're laying some big, giant monstrosity of a number where it gets to be almost untakeable. With Fresno State, you're seeing them more around about an 11-ish point favorite. It's going to toggle a little bit depending on where you look because I'm seeing a couple 10.5s as well with the total between 64 to 64 and a half. I do think that points are going to be a plenty. I think that Hawaii is going to be giving it up left and right. And this is a Hawaii team that I do think that they're going to be able to do a little bit of something when it comes to their aerial attack as well. It's been tough for Hawaii ever since they wound up having their coach leave a few years ago as well. So that is a little bit of an issue. But you take a look at Codiero, and he's been able to average a little bit over 250 yards per game. So that is something Dede Hunter, I just don't think it's going to be able to get a lot generated against Fresno State. And when Hawaii winds up getting down by a big giant amount of points, I think it's going to cause them to pass, pass, pass. So I do think that you've got a total here in the mid-60s that is worth taking it over with. And a Fresno State team that I think is going to look much more dominant than they did last week. They're going to try to prove that they belong in the top 25, and they're really going to take it to Hawaii. So looking at laying it here with Fresno State along with the over and Something else I'm taking a look at, we've got a pair of days left in the baseball regular season. So coming up next, going to be taking a little bit of a look at the baseball betting card that we've got on this Saturday right here on VEASAN, the Sports Betting Network. At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. The best conversations I have with my colleagues are the ones that happen when no one is looking, when we're not 100% sure yet what to write. Hopefully, having conversations like this can help you figure out your own point of view. That's kind of our job as Washington Post opinions columnists. I'm Charles Lane, Deputy Opinion Editor. And I'm Amanda Ripley, a contributing columnist. We're going to bring you into these conversations on a new podcast called Impromptu. Follow Impromptu now wherever you listen.
Spectrum One is a big deal. You get Spectrum Internet with the most reliable internet speeds, free advanced Wi-Fi for enhanced security and privacy, and a free Spectrum Mobile Unlimited line with nationwide 5G included, all while saving big. For the big speed, big reliability, and big savings you want, get Spectrum One. Just $49.99 a month for 12 months. Visit spectrum.com slash big deal for full details. Offer subject to change. Valid for qualified residential customers only. Service not available in all areas. Restrictions apply. What's up? I'm John Wall. And I'm CJ Toledano, and we're starting a new podcast presented by DraftKings called Point Game. We're now joined by three-time NBA Sixth Man of the Year, elite bucket getter. Let's please welcome Jamal Crawford to Point Game. King of the Court one-on-one tournament. If they had it back in your prime, do you think he could have took it all? I'm going to be honest with you. I don't think I could have took it all, but I think I would have shocked a lot of people. I think Kobe and everybody in their prime, Kobe would win a one-on-one contest. Yeah, I, yeah, because you got to think, Love he's going to guard. He don't care about guarding. He's going to guard. He's going to exactly. guard. Like, you see him in the Olympics, exactly. he's going to guard. And then on I'm top of that. Like that, see that. Ladies and gentlemen, please welcome Sam Cassell to Point Game. I remember you came out from crying tears. <laughs> crying tears. I mean, he was in a culture shock. And then I, his, he's going to withdraw us about winning. Remember what I told you? I said, I said, OG, you think I can get paid and go back and play in college because he ain't need it. <laughs> Check out Point Game with John Wall and CJ Toledano on the iHeartRadio app, DraftKings YouTube, or wherever you get your podcasts. You're experiencing Hoops Peterson himself on VSIN, the sports betting network. Be sure before you make your next bet to go to vsin.com to check out the current betting splits data. This new feature gives you insights as to where the money and bets are moving for every single game. You'll be able to see where the public is betting based on the number of tickets and where the money does not match up with the public opinion. Data is available for money lines, over, under, and against the spread bets. Betting splits are another way decent. It's here to make you a smarter, better year-round. So check out today's betting splits for every single game at vcin.com as we are back here on the Greg Peterson experience for one more segment and then getting going on Saturday morning here on the Vegas sets and information network. We're going to be having point spread Saturday. You're going to be having a whole lot of football coverage wall to wall. It's going to be a whole lot of fun, but what else is a lot of fun? Taking a look at the baseball card. And as many of you guys know, for the New York post every single day, I wound up giving up a pick that I like right now on a two game win streak. And we're six and two in our last eight. So Let's keep things going, and I wind up going to a game which has absolutely no playoff implications whatsoever, but you know what? It doesn't matter because games between the Pittsburgh Pirates and the Cincinnati Reds, you can make money on those just like you're able to make money on the New York Yankees and the Tampa Bay Rays. The only thing that matters is getting to the window, and I think that we are going to on this one. Right now, you're seeing the Cincinnati Reds, very sizable favorites, right around minus 180-ish across the board, and you're getting the Pittsburgh Pirates who... Quite honestly, I call them the poopy Pittsburgh Pirates because they just aren't very good. At right around a plus 155, if you shop around, you're able to get a plus 160. Certainly not they're going to look at the Pittsburgh Pirates as they're going to be trotting out their Max Kranich. He's got to get he's got an ERA as north of six, but he's also going up against the Cincinnati Reds team that if you take a look at their last 14 road games, they have scored four runs or fewer in 13 of them. And you've got a Pittsburgh Pirates team that with their 3.7-ish runs per game. They are dead last in the big leagues with that regard. And you've got a guy that has been very dominant for the Cincinnati Reds this year in Tyler Molly taking them out. I should preface that. Tyler Molly has been very dominant on the road. 
at home. He's got an ERA of a 5.63 on the road. He's got a 185 ERA. Allow me to list off the pitchers that have a better ERA on the road that qualify because you've got to, in order to be a qualifying pitcher when it comes to either the home splits or the road splits, have at least 65-ish innings to your credit. So we'll go down those. Corbin Burns has a better ERA than Tyler Molly on the road. Pause, pause. That is the end of the list. He has been the second best pitcher in the big leagues with regards to road ERA in all the big leagues. He has been absolutely masterful with that regard. He's going up against the Pittsburgh Pirates team that they didn't even have their best slugger out there on Friday. And you've got a question if we're going to see him in this game. Brian Reynolds, guy that has been able to hit right around 295. He's been able to chip in there right around 24, 25 home runs for the Pirates. Nobody in the starting lineup for the Pirates yesterday. More than 10 home runs this season. That is an issue with the Cincinnati Reds. Here's an issue. The fact that you've got Jesse Winker along Taylor Naquin out of the fold now. And Eugenio Suarez has been very out for this Reds team. Over the last three days, he's been able to slug right around a 325 batting average. Has been doing much better than the rest of the year from because he's still hitting below the Mendoza line of a 200 for the entirety of the season. But this is a Reds team that they certainly have been in a swoon. They've been trotting out their guys like Jose Barreto and company. And for the Reds, the pitching was looking really good for this team in their game on Friday, and then they wound up having a new definition for the eighth inning, giving up an eight spot to the Pittsburgh Pirates. That's the equivalence of giving up like 25 runs to any other team with the way that the Pittsburgh Pirates has been playing so far this year. So that is a big, giant calamity. But if you take a look at the Cincinnati Reds, prior to that game, over the last 40 days, the Cincinnati Reds ranked in the top eight with regards to their bullpen ERA. Guys like Luis Sessa have been able to step up out of the bullpen. Tony Santian's been able to give you some good innings. Michael Lorenzen probably is not going to be brought back for this game after he allowed five runs and got as many outs as Greg Peterson in the game yesterday. That is not what you want, but with the Pirates, even a guy like a David Bernard, Jason Shreve, these guys have been relatively okay in the bullpen. So the New York Post play of the day, I'm giving out is the under. And one thing with the New York Post play is that I typically don't have the full complement of games to be able to look at. It's not because I'm limited by editors or anything like that. It's just that when you wind up doing these games the night before, you've got a lot of to-be-determined pitching matchups. And, well, when you don't know the number for a game, you don't want to be picking a game where you don't know the number on. That's just simple betting 101 right there. But we now finally have a line for this Philadelphia Phillies versus Miami Marlins game. And I think that this total is set too low. Right now at Circa, you've got a total of 7.5 between the Philadelphia Phillies and the Miami Marlins. You're seeing at DraftKings 8. So based on your jurisdiction, it's going to vary a little bit. I think that there might be an 8.5 out there as well. But either way, I wound up saying this whole north of 9 as you've got Ace Lou Cesardo, who's going to be going for the Miami Marlins, who has been terrible, by the way, with the Miami Marlins, and Hans Kraus, who's going to be going for the Philadelphia Phillies. That sounds like it should be the name of a really good sandwich. If someone wound up putting on the menu a Hans Kraus, I would ask for no mustard on it. But with that said, you've got a guy in Kraus who wound up making his major league debut with the Philadelphia Phillies a couple of days ago. And he wound up going three innings, giving up one run. But this is probably going to be sort of him going three or four innings. It's probably going to be the poo-poo platter of Philadelphia Phillies pitchers. And I think the poo-poo platter is a relatively good term of it because with the Philadelphia Phillies, their bullpen ranks in the bottom seven when it comes to the big leagues in terms of ERA. And then you got Asu Cesardo, who I mentioned a little bit earlier, his ERA with the Miami Marlins, a 692. And the Miami Marlins have the most pitcher-friendly ballpark in the league. You've got a guy in Bryce Harper on the other end for the Philadelphia Phillies that ever since the beginning of the month of August, 19 home runs. 
he has been doing all he can to be able to win that MVP award. He was in the fold yesterday, so that is very encouraging. You've even got someone like Matt Verling, who has been able to give you some good at-bats for the Philadelphia Phillies, a young prospect that you've got to figure is going to be in the fold for this team. And for the Miami Marlins, no doubt this is a team that is very much lacking when it comes to their bats. They wound up scoring zero runs against Ranger Suarez, but also keep in mind, Ranger Suarez has been absolutely dominant for the Philadelphia Phillies across his last eight starts, 51 total innings, gave up one home run, a buck 20 ADRA in that time span. I think that he's a future ace for the Philadelphia Phillies, and I don't think that Mr. Krause and company for the Philadelphia Phillies because you got to figure that you're going to be getting guys like Connor Brogdon and company going out there in the bullpen. Philly Falter, who's got a north of five ERA, he certainly has faltered are necessarily going to be able to get the job done in this one. So going to be looking at the over in Miami Marlins versus Philadelphia Phillies. And this is another game that is just coming onto the betting board as well. Milwaukee Brewers, LA Dodgers. Uli Odias is going to be going for the Dodgers. Corbin Burns going to be going for the Milwaukee Brewers. I wound up talking about this on a podcast appropriately named the Baseball Betting Podcast with Greg Peterson. I actually wound up having the pre and post game hosts of the Milwaukee Brewers and Matt Pauly on there, and he wanted giving me some good insight as how the Brewers might be playing this game. Corbin Burns is expected to go probably about five innings. He was thinking that the max for his pitch count would be about 80. Keep in mind that Corbin Burns is right now the betting favorite at DraftKings to be able to win the National League Cy Young. You've got to feel like he would love nothing more than to be able to win that Cy Young. I was talking about it a few minutes ago with Tyler Molly and how good he has been on the road. The only man among qualifying pitchers with a better road ERA, that'd be Corbin Burns, a buck 68 ERA. He has been downright masterful for the Milwaukee Brewers. Now, the Brewers bullpen wound up failing them a little bit, and this is a Brewers bullpen that I do downgrade with them now having Devin Williams out because he wound up punching a wall in the team's celebration of winning the National League Central. But also keep in mind with the LA Dodgers, this is a team in which they have been very hot with the bats recently. They wound up entering into their game Friday night, having scored 11 home runs in their previous two games. They wind up putting up an eight spot against the Milwaukee Brewers, but I do think that the Brewers are going to be able to cool them down with the Brewers themselves. They have been struggling a little bit when it comes to their, their offense, and you've got a guy in Julio Arias who is 19-3 and so far this year, but what I find to be intriguing about Arias with his 19 wins, 12 of them have come on the road. Seven of them have come at home. He's got an ERA a full half a point higher at home than it is on the road. I do think that you're getting some good value here with the Milwaukee Brewers. Now, we always talk about must-win spots because with the LA Dodgers, if they wind up losing this game to the Milwaukee Brewers, they are set on that wild-card spot. And I still think that the Brewers, that the Dodgers are going to be the wild-card team because when it comes to the Giants, they need to lose out. The Dodgers need to win out. Then you go to a game 163 to decide who winds up winning the National League West. So you need a lot of things to go right for the Dodgers to avoid that one-game wild card, but I do think that this is a spot in which the Brewers are going to be able to get the job done. I'm taking a look at them at a plus 125. Right now, you're finding this mostly in East Coast jurisdiction, so if you're out here in Las Vegas, you're probably not going to be able to find this number, but certainly a spot where I'm going to be taking a look at it as well. And then one other game before we wind up getting out of here is the Tampa Bay Rays, finding them at circa as a plus 120 underdog. Shane Boz, buy stock now in this guy. One of the top prospects in all of baseball coming up this year. He's made two starts. The team is 2-0 on both of them while he was at the minor league level. 12 and a half strikeouts to two walks per nine innings. This guy is going to be a future stud for the Tampa Bay Rays. He might have been the best player in that Chris Archer deal that they wound up having with the Pittsburgh Pirates a few years ago. By the way, Chris Archer back with the Tampa Bay Rays. So that's an absolute fleecing and a half. But you take a look at Boz. He has been downright nasty 
for the Tampa Bay Rays. So I think that he's going to be able to deliver a good performance. And hopefully I delivered a good performance for you guys here on the Greg Peterson Experience. Big thanks to Matt Humans. Does a terrific job with the show, The Edge and Beeson's Point Spread Weekly, for joining me earlier in the show. And a big thanks to you two for listening in. Going to be coming at you guys once again tomorrow. And your Sports Betting Saturday is going to be in full effect with Point Spread Saturday right here on Beeson, the Sports Betting Network. At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel battery tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, right now you can save $50 on select battery tool sets. Real steel. Offer valid on select AK system sets through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details. From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is Uncanny USA. He says, somebody's in the house, and I screamed. Listen to Uncanny USA wherever you get your BBC podcasts. If you dare. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on ChumbaCasino.com. I looked over the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. VGW. Void. we prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.